1: Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Gigi Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
2: Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
0: John Gomes joins us right now. This is only the second time, John, that I've gotten to know you. I'm very, very happy to welcome you, and congratulations on your recent victory in court. Welcome back, John Gomes, running for mayor of Bridgeport. Hi, John.
2: How are you? Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Boy, has a lot been going on in your neck of the woods, huh?
2: Yes, a lot. In uh, one aspect, it's unfortunate, but in the other aspect, it's great to bring some sense of transparency to um, and, and integrity to our democratic process.
0: So, you're getting a second shot to try and win the Democratic primary. What is your strategy, John gomes? What, what do you you know politically, how are you going to go about winning this time, particularly winning in the absentee ballot contest?
2: Well, our strategy remains the same. Uh, we have strong supporters, strong, strong grassroots. on um, the first primary, we won by two hundred and seventy votes, and obviously things transpired. In the absentee ballot that was casted. Uh, and evidence showed that they were tainted, but obviously with the, the verdict that came out that vindicated our cam- our um not only our campaign but my candidacy and what we were talking about, and the um uh components that's let's put the the you know certain provisions that are now implemented within um this new primary should definitely uh bring everyone on the same uh playing field meaning um, we all get the absentee ballot effective the 29th of September. All You mean um, December?
0: All, you don't mean September. I mean December. December. De- yeah, December, yeah. Yeah. De- yeah. De-
2: December 29th. Yep. Yeah. Um, December 29th. All absentee ballots that are out are void and null. Um, anyone that picks five absentee ballots or more will get uh, a special um, number on it. Um, so you know, just to mention uh, you know those are a couple of the provisions that will definitely help.
0: Are there going uh, to be ballot sure. boxes for the primary?
2: Yes, there will be ballot boxes. However, this time the ballot box drops um will be marked from the ballot box. There will also be a signature from the town clerk saying they came from the um uh, ballot box. many of the things that were not in place during the primary. That really lacked accountability um, to uh, the campaign.
0: What about to ballot the, you know, boxes? You know, being available during certain hours. Are they still going to be available twenty four seven?
2: They'll be available twenty four seven. But the biggest part of this, as I said, is the harvesting. Um, because what what happens in Bridgeport? Old application that that was that dates back to many elections were never voided. So what happened is the my opponent and his. People that we saw perpetrating the crime on the on on the video had old absentee ballots already filled up, and that's how they were able to steal the primary. But that's null and void for this um, primary on um, uh, January 23rd.
0: Now there are going to be people January 23rd who are not going to want to get out of their homes. It could be a cold and windy day. It could be a blustery day. I mean, you know, it's January. It's the worst of the weather. In Connecticut, Uh, will your campaign be providing rides to the polls for people? I mean, I'm just curious if you're going to be set up for this winter thing. Yeah,
2: right. Most definitely. Obviously, this is an unprecedented um, uh, uh, voting that we're going through because it has never happened as far as overturn on the primary. And obviously, weather uh, does play a factor. So we will provide rides. We'll also um, uh, provide phone calls up to the election day to make sure that um, anything that we can do to accommodate the voter is done properly as far as um, you know, transportation. Also inform them on the regulations and laws with absentee ballot. Also for them to know that there is curbside um, voting that can happen on that day. Also by the voter registration, if you've never been registered, you could vote register until I believe 12 o'clock to qualify to vote Um, on the spot. So there's a lot of things that we will be talking directly and ongoing with the voters until the ballot closes. One of the things you cannot
0: do, though, one of the things you cannot do is my understanding, you say register to vote. My understanding is that you cannot switch parties to become a Democrat now that it's too late. Is that incorrect?
2: No, that's correct. If you are an unaffiliated voter, you can't switch and you could qualify to vote in the primary. However, major party to major party, you cannot. There's a 90 day rule. So if you're a Republican, you cannot switch to a Democrat and still qualify for this primary. But, um, if, but you're if you're you an are unaffiliate, an you can. Yes. you sure? Yes okay, you can. I, yes. okay.
0: Okay. Well, that's good to know. Uh, we're chatting with John Gomes. John, I want to ask you something. I really want to get into this, and I want your view. At one time, you were a friend of Mayor Ganim's. You were an, a colleague and an associate. You worked in his mayoral office, and then you didn't. Can you explain that that transition, what happened, why you had faith in Mayor Ganim, and then why you left his administration?
2: Well, what happened is that there were many people around, um, people that influence that I knew believed that uh, Mr. Joe Gannon deserved a second chance and he could do good for Bridgeport. And I went to support him after probably five meetings with him. And when we went in there, things changed. The views policy agenda changed. But I remained consistent and I did not compromise because I am a resident of Bridgeport, I remain a resident of Bridgeport and I feel the sacrifice and the pain we're going through. We went in to make Bridgeport better. And if um the agenda changed and I'm not I wasn't in agreement with it, we we parted ways. And that's really it it's it's that's the basics of it.
0: But what was it that he was doing that you felt was not true to your principles? Specifically, what was it?
2: Well, there were well number 1 you know right after we went in there was option decision to run for governor many were in you know in dislike of that but you know we went forward with it and there were other recommendations that remain on the table from operational standpoint um, which now we're paying the price you know we have officers that are um are, are keep leaving the city we tremendously down these were things that we saw there were recommendations on the table also, I put some, you know, given the responsibility on the operational side, there were some measurable goals that we put with accountability, and it became more political favoritism than anything. And that that's costing us the city of Bridgeport, not only as taxpayers, but also on the quality of life. Um, so th- there, were, there were many intangibles within that um, dissuaded me and moved me in a different direction.
0: You mean Mayor Gannon was thinking of running for governor at that point? Is that what you're talking about?
2: Well, I think in 2016, there was a decision to run. We were like, we just got here. We have a lot of work to do. I see. But that's, that's his decision.
0: And you're saying from the inside out in his administration, the change that you expected was not there? It didn't materialize? <laughs>
2: No, it did not materialize. There were a lot of things that are left on the table. Still today's day there were recommendations that were put on the table going back to 2017 that haven't been implemented. I've always been a hands-on type of guy because I I am Bridgeport. I live here. I see what's going on in the streets in our community. So um, I'm not one of those that went in there for a paycheck. Uh, I went on my own merits, uh, both academic and professionally. I achieved before I went in there. I went in there with a focus and established goal to make Bridgeport better.
0: We're chatting with John Gomes, 203-333-9422, if you want to pick up the phone. John, I'm just curious, operationally, you know, I just would like to just, I'm going to keep at this a little bit. Can you give me a specific, do you recall a specific kind of an operational decision where Mayor Gannon wanted it to go one way, but you wanted it to go another way?
2: Well, for example, we were, in 2017, we projected the number of officers we needed. Today, we're suffering a shortage of almost 200 officers.
0: You mean police uh, officers? Reco- You're talking police about police? Officers. Were, ah, okay.
2: Right. okay. There were recommendations specifically not only how to do two classes. There were also projections as far as how to build training facility where we don't have to barter um, spots in, in new class with other towns. Uh, that's okay. just one. There's There was also... You know, we the first budget I put together, I put to buy 74 new cars for officer so While every day, every year, we would put two, now, two new ones to replace the fleet service, and that didn't transpire. There was also accountability for how we uh, maintain our fleet. Um, I mean, they, um, you know, right now we have a quality of life as far as the darkness of our city. We have over 12,000 poles in. You know, before we came in, there was a decision to reduce the the, the wattage on the lights. Mm-hmm. You know, that's costing the quality of life crime. But there was it a is. proposal how to make that to, to get back to the base and increase that. We have tons of properties that are blighted. There are some measures that I put in place based with the geographic informational system to hold accountability with certain areas. And that fell through. So those are just to mention a few things that, you know, you could talk solidly.
0: Okay, that's important. And so, as far as police goes, if you get elected mayor, is that like your number one priority to get more officers, you know, working for Bridgeport?
2: Most definitely, that's one of the things. I mean, um, I'm I'm living here, so I call nine one one. I understand what it is to wait hour and a half, two hours, or three hours for someone to come based on priority. No, really. But it's it's based on shortage, wow. uh, su- short demand and supply. I mean, I've put in my proposal uh, in public safety to bring back retired officers who still qualify with the state to do priority ones and two, sure. uh, thus giving um, patrol more time to handle, prior, you know, the, the the key emergencies. That's just one of a, uh, of a few. Um, but my thing when I get in is really to sit across all the all the twelve unions that we have in the city and really talk about how can we do a best best practices because every union I feel in the city works in, in their own little com- uh, compartment. There's no, no sharing of ideas and best practices. So we could maximize on our benefit, uh, produce savings. So we could pay our, our teachers, our officers, and our other staffs, uh, our parents better. Um, and how do we take really where we see wasteful, wasteful spending going on, Where we have people that have political jobs in the city coming in at nine, going home at one o'clock, and making six-figure income, and don't even live here, don't care about the city. We need to really be real about uh, fiscal responsibility when we talk about our budget. We cannot continue to put, um, you know, uh, for example, investors and contractors who want to come to the city invest and have to wait eight, nine months, ten months, up to a year for contracting things that you could do in several weeks and not perhaps a month there's a lot of revenue different different driven department that we have to really make accountable and make them self-efficient and produce that savings onto the tax roll and reduce the taxes that need to be done because we as residents of city cannot afford to pay more taxes Uh, under this administration the budget has increased over 77 million the past seven years that's almost 10 percent of the budget yeah the mayor has seven cars you know did you um,
0: say the mayor has seven cars
2: Yes, the mayor has, I believe, seven cars. He has four drivers. Those are costing millions of dollars. Wait, wait. The mayor has
0: four drivers at his disposal for the city of Bridgeport? Four drivers?
2: Yeah, those are four drivers that work for the internal uh, internal department, internal affairs. Those are police officers that can actually be doing cases and looking at what's going on in our city, especially with cold cases and other things that's happening in our city. So we need to be transparent when we talk about integrity and accountability how many cars will you
0: need john gomes if you become mayor how many cars will you need
2: i will have one car and the only time i'll travel in that car is during business hours and that's simply for liability efficiency for the city because um that's all you need you don't need a driver
0: i I mean it's yeah i'm with you about that you know it's, it's funny to me to hear about these perks that people have that the rest of the world are like what 203-333-9422. John, can you stick around? I've got to go to a a commercial here on the radio. I want to talk to you some more. Can you stick around a little bit?
2: No problem. No problem. We're
0: chatting with John Gomes. 203-333-9422. He wants to be the next mayor of Bridgeport. We'll be right back.
2: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
0: And we're back with John Gomes, the mayoral candidate for the city of Bridgeport, 203 333 9422. What you need to know is that the primary is on January 23rd, and that was set by Judge Clark, and that is happening. It's a redo. And John Gomes would like to get your vote. He'd like to become mayor. He's working really hard at it. 203-333-9422. So, John, we were talking a little bit about the nuts and bolts of operation and what you would do and what your priorities are. One of the places in which it seems you have strong support at the ballot is in the Black Rock area of Bridgeport, where a lot of people show up and vote. And they are very upset about this lighting uh, at St. Mary's by the sea. And they're upset about it because it's intrusive. It's light pollution. They feel it's unnecessary. It's unnecessarily bright. It wastes a lot of electricity. It's not good for the birds, particularly during migratory season. And they've been trying really hard to get the attention of Bridgeport. And they've been really frustrated. I've been following some of these things on Facebook. Do you have any, what would you do if you were mayor with respect to this specific controversy?
2: Well, the first thing I do with this in any event anything that I do within Bridgeport that I feel impacts the community is about community involvement. Um, not only are there sta- stakeholders that should be at the table and talking about something that's as big as impactful, but also there's the neighborhood revitalization um, group that should be brought to the table to talk about um, projects such, such as this or any economic development that I would be looking to do in their community because I want it to be inclusive. And the only way it, it, my government would function is to um, Put people around the table that will talk about progress, but a united progress. But, but are you are you familiar
0: that. with this issue right now about yes. the lights and semis? Right. Well, so, what do you right. think about it personally?
2: Well, the first thing is I, I would ask. I, I would list their concerns, what it is, and we would do a walkthrough, and we would prioritize and fix it immediately. Not only is it a financial burden on the city, but it's an environmental issue as we uh, as they the, the, the residents of black of Black Rock have been addressing. So I have no problem at all addressing that on day one.
0: Okay, and in general, what about things like looking at light pollution and quality of life kinds of things for people and the city budget? Because I know that you're a nuts and bolts guy. Is that something that you care about?
2: Oh, without a doubt. Uh, I propose in my uh, my my um, in my policy. First thing is, we'll definitely do a, a forensic audit the first forty-five days. To see exactly the status of government because I, I know for a fact there are a lot of things being hidden they're not being brought to the forefront so we talk about f- financial responsibility um, but the other thing when we talk about community specific uh, the neighborhood revitalization zone I put I propose a fifty thousand dollar budget that would be uh, given to them to do things and, and forego a lot of the red tapes because um, you know these these groups. Are involved in the community, they know what's the best practice, what works and does not, wouldn't work. Those are things very simple that we could begin to impact the community directly. But the other thing, on Fridays, I would be walking the individual community, not only with the city council, the NRZ, but other stakeholders along with the police to talk about what's happening in their community and look at how do we put a priority list that week by week we begin to take out what's, what's working, what's not working, and begin to move forward. I plan 20, to be a very inclusive. Nothing inclusive. will change with me. You will find me in the same community, in the same neighborhood that I am today. That's why I'm running.
0: Okay. We're chatting with John Gomes, 203-333-9422. You can call if you want to give him a question or a comment. What was the most surprising thing when you were watching the trial during the testimony, John? Because, you know, I always, um, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer, and I, and I know for a fact that you can read what you want to read in complaints and file papers like crazy, but there's nothing as revealing as actually hearing people's testimony. I'm wondering when you were listening to the trial about the um, primary itself, what was your takeaway from the testimony?
2: Well, I I think one of the key things is the arrogance where we have uh, the perpetrators come in knowing they they committed a crime, they violated the civil rights of every voter resident in the city of Bridgeport. They're they're part of a voter suppression, but yet they walk there with an arrogance as if they did nothing, and yet go there and plead the fifth, and they say nothing. I understand, but yet they go on social media and other vehicles and talk all they want. Well, say that I understand, so we could be clear and transparent, and everyone could have one voice and one way of communicating.
0: How's your family holding up under all this stuff?
2: Uh, to be honest, it's mentally challenging. But one thing that keeps me going is the um, tenacity of my supporters. I think today more than ever, uh, they're more united and they're out to prove a point because they definitely feel that the voters of Bridgeport are the one paying the consequences. Because again, on the machine, we lost twice. I mean, on the machine, we won twice and we lost by the absentee ballot. Um, so the family's hanging in the, with me. They're super supportive. Uh, they're very involved. And they're, you know, actually, my daughter created a a, a petition to ask uh, for signatures um, because, you know, uh, as a young person, seeing what's going on and being involved, that really means a lot. Because to me, she's saying that, wow, you are making a difference. We are being part of history.
0: But John Gomes, there was a lot of scrutiny during the general election over the absentee ballots as well. And we all know that absentee ballots are as legitimate as any other ballot, right? I mean, that's, that's we know that if they're done right. So why do you think, uh, in other words, what were your thoughts about the general election? Because you still lost, even though you wanted the machines, but you lost and there doesn't seem to be, I'm not hearing from your campaign, any allegations of fraud with respect to the absentee ballots during the general
2: election. Well, first of all, I will tell you that nothing changed. They maintained the same practice during the general election as they did in the, in the primary election. We continue to put complaints of fraud to the SEC based on our conversation with voters, whether it's intimidation, going in there, picking up the ballots, consistency visiting some of the elders and knocking on the windows and doors and telling them, open up, we know you're in there. Uh, our focus, unfortunately... A lot of it, a lot of it, was in court and trying to prove our case. But we do know that they remain uh, the same practice, even um, to the point that they were boasting that now that some of the mem- some, for example, one of the perpetrators, which remains on pay leave from the city on our taxpayer, was out there working full time collecting absentee ballots, and we had other elected officials doing the same same thing. So. Um, We 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 put complaints in about the fraud that continued to be even into the general election. While we were in in, while we were in court, while the court proceedings were going on, they had already submitted almost four hundred applications before the hearing was the court was even over. While we had zero. Because they were out there doing it.
0: But are you saying, John Gomes, that you believe that the general election was also conducted in a way that was fraudulent?
2: Yes. Okay. we asked the, the secretary of the state stepped in they stepped in i believe a, a day or two prior to the general election saying that a moderator was put in place there was no um no new provisions or any guidelines uh put for the general election such as they did or was ordered now by the court to put in for the new primary on january twenty third you can't expect a different result with the same broken system and that's what we had for the primary and also for the general election and um we're now we're very confident that on January 23rd it'll be different because the dates are same for both fields. There is no more harvesting. You need a special um, uh, code or number on any ballot that exceeds five, so it gives us an equal playing field from from the day the gate opens. Let's put it that way.
0: And will the if there is another general election, if there is another general election, will the same safeguards be in place?
2: I, I cannot speak for that. All I know is that for the general, for the primary now, those safeguards have been put in place. I'm, I'm hoping that we know this is a short term solution, but we need mm-hmm. this to be fixed long term,
1: mm-hmm. because
2: one thing that actually we've been we've, I, I've tried to reach other towns is to put pressure on the secretary of the state that we need the same policy across. And you know, as a matter of fact, on the, 30, on the 30th of November here, I'm having a fundraiser, which is not only for the campaign, which has been, which is titled, you know, um, restoring democracy. It's not only necessary for my campaign, but also is to look at ways how we could unite as a community and, and say enough is enough from the Secretary of the State and to other legislators to put in new uh, bills and laws for the upcoming uh, session.
0: How important is it to you, John Gomes, if you become mayor, that the people who work in the city and for the city live in the city?
2: A hundred percent. My administration will reflect people that live in the city. Executive board or the, the appointed position will start with those that live in Bridgeport. We have more than enough capable, experienced, knowledgeable people to lead the city. We just haven't been given the opportunity because many of us, um want to have our voice heard, and when you speak loud and clear, uh, you're, you're, you're blackballed or you're put to the side that you're hostile, you're this or that. No, it's that we live the consequences, and we want change in Bridgeport. So my administration, the, the, my appointed position will reflect those that live in Bridgeport to begin. And then through the process, I will make sure that um, the investment and opportunities that we create in Bridgeport will bring more people back to Bridgeport instead of leaving Bridgeport. And I'm very confident of of that.
0: One of the things, John Gomes, that, you know, that I think garners the most amount of controversy has to do with redevelopment or real estate development. And do you, in general, do you promote uh, high rises with a lot of rentals as a way to promote economic prosperity? Is that something that you as a mayor would feel that you have bragging rights to? In other words, what's your vision for redeveloping the sadder parts of Bridgeport? What do you want it well, to look really,
2: like? Well, re- redevelopment will, will will compose not only of developing uh, the structure to the buildings, but also you have to build a workforce around it because you create the most beautiful building there is, but if there's no activity surrounding that uh, that building, whether it's a small mobs and pops, it's a grocery, a bakery, a pharmacy, other things to produce economic growth, from a, a you know a job standpoint, there is no economic development. We have a building on State Street that right now it's a four-story lease building, but the the rent's so high and. You know, there's no business going there. There's other things there. There's drugs and other blighted properties around it that's impacting the growth of that area. Mm-hmm. So what we have to do when we talk about economic development, it, there's several several structure to it, not only building the physical structure, but making sure the sidewalk is safe, that the, the, the light is bright for people to walk in. There's police coming in and out, but there's small moms and pops supporting that infrastructure. But we have skilled jobs, not just jobs, skilled jobs. And we have to work with Advanced Connecticut in Hartford. We have to work with Economic Development Office in Hartford to understand the the industry that wants to come into Bridgeport and then build that structure here because we do have the qualified people. So for me, when I talk about economic development, it's just not building buildings or giving a tax incentive. It's about creating an overall infrastructure that you're looking at sectors such as uh, uh, medical manufacturer, artificial intelligence, uh, finance. We don't even have a hotel in the city. Mm-hmm. Hospitality, other things that we could do to bring that mm-hmm. into to complement all of all of the structure that would be built. But without a doubt, I see the high-rises. I see Fest Ferry. I see helicopter pads coming from hand. I see skylines sky throughout the 22 miles of waterways we have. Without a doubt, Bridgeport, There's no reason why Bridgeport cannot be developed the way it needs to be when you look at what's happening in Norwalk, what happened in Milford, Shelton. These other cities are being developed on the back of Bridgeport.
0: And what about Remington Woods? What do you think about that? It's it's a pretty extraordinary, pristine opportunity for some amazing urban space in a city. I mean, open space in a city. What is your view about that?
2: for me, I would, leave, uh, I would leave that alone. I have plenty of other areas to develop.
1: Yeah, also, I'm we have to doing. understand
2: there's certain areas that they have cut trees and other within certain or proximity of that. It's causing flood. It's causing mildew. Yeah. It's causing um, uh, sewage problem in, 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 the, in the areas where I visit the families. They have mildew in their basement. So we have plenty of other areas that we need to develop before even worrying about that. And I, I have no intention of developing that at all.
0: You know, one of the things I thought that Mayor Bloomberg did that was so amazing is he had his Million Trees Initiative, and he was in office for 12 years, and I think he planted over Uh a million trees. Well,
2: that's one of the things I definitely want to look at is our environment. We have a lot of trees now that are dead, and we need to replace them for the future. So, and there's a lot of development that we need to put, and a lot of that I'm going to support with... uh, with our grants department. Uh, right now, our grants department only have two grant writers. I wanna put that to the 10 or 12 grant writers and really look at how do we develop the city, keeping in mind you know, urban development, we keep in mind the environment, but we keep in mind um, uh, the quality of life that that's impacting us negatively.
0: John Gomes, thank you very much for coming on today. It sounds like you have a lot of ambitious plans for day one. And uh, we appreciate getting to know you more, and uh, and good luck. Thank you very much for coming I, on.
2: I appreciate the opportunity, and I'm as real as it can be. When I'm talking to you, I'm not just talking because I'm running. I'm talking to you because I'm living. And these things that I want to put into effect are things that I see, and and it's impacting our lives every day. Uh, and, again, I would invite all you listeners to please uh, join us the uh, the 30th of November. We're doing a fundraiser at El Manel, 1909 Main Street here in Bridgeport. And it's just not about our campaign, but it's about restoring democracy when we talk about Bridgeport, Connecticut, and the United States as a whole. I truly appreciate the opportunity.
0: John Gomes on the Lisa Wexler Show. We'll be right back.
2: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?